I want to read a couple of verses to you today. It's a story of a woman by the name of J.L. And there's a picture on the screen that I wanted to show you, Kennedy, when I was in Israel. We're starting at about six or seven in the morning and going full days, you know, just crash at night and walking and touring and praying. And it's amazing. In all of that, there's so much that they're telling you, you know, this is the capitalist and this is where the man, you know, had the demons cast out and this is Mount Hermon and this is where Lot separated. And you're trying to take everything in. It's very fast paced. You're journaling. You're taking lots of notes. One of the days, as the guide is sharing this with us, he says, maybe you've heard the story of Barak and Sisera and Jael, and immediately he had my attention because that's my message today. And when he began to share with me that story, I got so excited. I took a picture. You see it on the screen. But you see that mountain there and, and the valley area and the plains. This is, this is where the story that I'm going to read to you today, this is where it happened like right here. And I pray that this story will challenge all of us, specifically I'm going to talk to the ladies in the room, but for all of us, that you would be challenged today by what I'm going to read to you out of Judges chapter number four. Verse number 15 says, the Lord routed Sisera and all of his chariots. Everyone say chariots. I'm going to talk about that is why I wanted you to notice it. Chariots and all of his army with the edge of the sword in front of Barak. Sisera dismounted his chariot, there's that word again, dismounted his chariot, and fled on foot. Sisera fled on foot to the tent of Jael. This is the woman we're talking about today, Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, for there was peace between King Jabin of Hazor and the family of Heber the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, turn aside, my Lord, turn aside to me. Do not be afraid. So he turned aside to her into the tent and she covered him. Notice that she covered him with a rug. He said to her, please give me a little water to drink for I am thirsty. So she opened a leather milk container and gave it to him to drink and, here it is again, and covered him. Verse 20, he said to her, stand in the entrance to the tent and if anyone comes and asks you, is there a man here? Then you say, no. Everyone say no. Last verse. Then Jael, the wife of Heber, took a tent peg, took a tent peg and a hammer. This lady's crazy. takes a tent peg and a hammer, goes quietly to him. He's fast asleep and tired. And she drove the tent peg into his temple. And it went down into the ground and he died. When I shared this story with my wife and told her how excited I was <laughs> to share this message on Mother's Day, my wife said, you're joking. And I said, no, I'm actually serious. And she's like, that's morbid. It went so far, we're driving in my truck, this is the truth, that I 
take my phone out and I'm trying to read the passage in totality to her, she plugged her ears. I'm not kidding. She plugs her ears and she starts telling me, I'm not listening. And so I'm excited for you to plug your ears today, uh, to tune me out. Look down the row and just see if you see any crazy women in your row. If you're married to a crazy woman, just kidding. The next 20 minutes, I want to take this story that I was able to witness, to walk, to see, and I really pray today that it would challenge all the ladies in the room and online, that families would be stirred in reading this story. Angel would tell you we had an 87-year-old lady in the lobby today after first service. She got saved when she was seven. And this 87-year-old woman told us in the lobby today, that was my favorite message I've ever heard. I've, I've never shared from this passage before. I, I really hope, like this lady, that you would just block out all the distractions. Sometimes we get in this setting and we're thinking about pictures and where we're eating lunch and your schedule today. And I'm just asking you to carve out 20 minutes where you block out distractions and say, God, speak to me today. How many want God's word to speak to you today? I've shared the joke before, and I share it again because I think it's fitting to what I'm going to talk to you about. But little Johnny walks into the room, and his mom is actually putting cream all over her face. And so Johnny's intrigued by the cream all over his mom's face. And, and Johnny asks his mother, why, why are you putting that stuff all over your face? And his mom responded, said, well, honey, I, I do that because it helps make mommy look beautiful. And so Johnny left the room and came back a few minutes later and she's wiping it off. And Johnny looks at his mom and said, are, are you giving up? Um, <laughs> But I want to talk to all the women today that's not giving up. I want God's word to speak to your spirit, the people that you have some things in your life you need to continue to fight for, that there are things in your life that really matter. And on this Mother's Day, I pray that you're stirred, your faith, to keep fighting. When I, when I read this story and Looking at the context of this story, our guide, who many, the president of Sorel and Inspiration and other, other places told us that our guide, Iran, was the best guide in Israel. His mom was a historian, and Iran, from his early years, you know, said studies the, the historical writings and biblical writings about five hours a day. He's brilliant. And not only is he Jewish, and has a wealth of wisdom, but he's part of the 1% that believes Jesus is the Christ. And I just love the connection. It looks like he's going to come and visit us here at Storyside sometime. But this is a brilliant man. And so I began to ask Iran questions about the message I'm sharing with you today and, and his perspective. And I'll share some of those with you throughout the message. But to give you some context to what we read today, Sisera 
the guy who gets the tent peg in his temple. Sisera is the commander of the Canaanite army. Israel is at war with the Canaanites. So Israel's opposition is led by this guy, Sisera. Sisera has a vast army. In this vast army, you repeated the words chariot with me, and we took note of that. Sisera had over 900 iron chariots, or 900 iron chariots. They say that just the name Sisera would strike fear into the hearts of Israel. Not only was he a powerful man with his army, 900 chariots, they say historically that he was a very cruel man. He would do very cruel things to people. And he oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. That's a long time. It's a lot of days, a lot of weeks, a lot of months for someone to live in fear. It's 10,518,984 minutes. That's a long time to constantly feel paralyzed by the position of Sisera in your life. In this story, the tide is finally turning. The scripture is telling us that the children of Israel are winning the war. Sisera, this mighty man, gets out of his chariot, begins to flee by foot, and ends up on the inside of this woman, this lady's tent. Her name is Jael. Sisera, on the inside of the tent, is going to be covered up. He's going to have a rug put over him. He is going to feel comfortable enough that he's going to ask for something to drink. You know, if, if you've ever visited someone's house, if you've ever gone a place, do you want a water? Do you want a coffee? Do you want, like you begin to settle in a little bit when you begin to get refreshed. And she actually gives him some milk to drink. The important part of the passage for me, as, as I share with you today, is that he tells her, I want you to position yourself or place yourself by the door or the entrance to the tent. So in this tent, I need you, the woman, JL, I need you to stand by the tent. And if anyone asks you, is there a man on the inside of the tent I need you to tell them, no. And then he falls asleep. I don't know about you today, but it's very intriguing to me anytime someone sleeps. If someone, you know, we've joked before at dinner at the Miller's house the one night, and Jay, if you remember, we're talking about how they were saying when we watched the kids, as dads, as men, they can never believe how we can fall asleep sometimes. Kids are throwing, playing, running, banging, thrashing, and we just like zone out and even close our eyes. Like There's something about going to sleep. Some of you don't like to share a hotel room with people. You, you wouldn't want to go into a, like you don't want to sleep in front of people. I, I want you to think through that lens. How does a guy enter into a tent of someone 
I know he's tired, but he falls asleep. There, there's something about when you fall asleep that you are losing your ability to protect yourself. You're losing your ability to defend yourself. Some people wouldn't even want a picture taken of, of, of them while they're sleeping. Sisera, I think it's really important, Sisera falls asleep. There are, in our lives, there are battles that can take place in our cities. It could be racial, it could be political, it, it could be a lot of things. It, it's one thing when a battle takes place in our city. There are times they take place in our community, companies. I've watched as some companies and businesses have divided. Battles can break out in churches, which I don't like, but I've seen it happen. I've seen religion tear people apart. It's one thing when battles happen on the outside. It's one thing when war shows up at work. But every now and then, the war will walk right in your front door. You know, when I, when I read this story to you about hundreds of iron chariots, and thousands of people are waging war in that area that I showed you on the screen. That, that's one thing. It's one thing when you scroll through social media or you pick up a newspaper. You turn on a television and they're talking just while we were in Israel. They say now over 600 rockets were fired and our guide, his neighbor, uh, his, his family's neighbor was killed. But one night we were there, he was in his 30s and just the emotions that they deal with when, when it comes to the... It's one thing when things are happening on the outside. What I want to talk to you about in, in, in our time together today is when the war walks right in the front door of your house. And it comes right into your home. When I read this story, although it's thousands of years old, I, I want to take the principle of this story, and I want to ask you today, what, what has entered your house? What, what has found its way into your tent? If the Holy Spirit was to stroll the hallways of your house, if the Holy Spirit was to look at what's being done, said, on phones, the history of computers, the pills, the medications, the excess. If we were to go into the bedroom of your son, of your daughter, what has entered your house? How how does Sisera walk right in the front door? Not only could we talk about phones and computers, and I think we could also talk about spirits, anger, offense, bitterness. How 
How do we let those spirits, if you would of Sisera, walk right in, and all of a sudden, the Pelkey family, the Pelkey household, is going to accommodate Sisera? I think it's a fair question to not only ask what has entered our house. I think we could look at people. You know, when God wants to do something great in your life, he'll send a person, a relationship. When the devil wants to do something damaging or detrimental in your life, he'll send a person or a relationship. I think it's only fair to ask who? Who has entered your house? Is it a boyfriend? Is it a girlfriend? I, I, I want the, 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 the scripture today, even right now, just to have a sobering reflection on your life. You've got to understand that the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy wants to slip in the front door. The enemy wants to find a place. We're told neither give place to the devil. He's always looking for a way in. And whether it's the anger or offense or whether or not it's a relationship, Sisera wants to get into your house. Sisera has a way of working in. And I, I'm drawn to the fact that that it's almost like he snuggles in, he settles in, he starts asking for things. Like I know, you've, I know you've struck fear in the hearts of people for 20 years and you have 900 chariots and you know, you're the man, but I just want you to think about what we read. He starts asking for things. Can you get me a drink? Can I have the rug? Can I have, and I take that story and I apply it to our own lives in 2019. I start thinking about all the things that the enemy would love to ask from you. He'd love to take your sleep. He'd love to take your peace. He would love to take your joy. I feel the Holy Spirit even as I'm just sharing it with you today. Sisera will start asking for things. And when he's asking for things, I just want to fast forward to you and I sitting here on a Sunday morning and ask you, what is he asking for? In this room right now online, what does he ask for? Is he asking for your future? Is he asking for your family? Is he asking for your marriage? Is he asking for the intimacy and passion? Is he asking for your peace? What is it that he is trying to get in your house? He starts dictating the decisions and direction. Come on, crazy women. I want to talk to you in our last few minutes together today. How, how does Sisera walk into this tent and start telling JL, this is where you stand and don't move? How, how does Sisera show up in your life and start dictating the very direction of your home? Sisera tells Jael, if anyone asks, this is really important, Michelle, if anyone asks, is there a man in there? You say, 
If anyone asks, how's your marriage doing? Make sure you say, oh, it's unbelievable. Blessed and highly favored. God's good all the time. Whatever you do, don't tell the truth. How's your, how's your son doing? Great. How's your daughter? Good. Make sure you stand here, and if anyone asks, don't you dare say, I need to go to Freedom Nights, or we need prayer, or I'm going to get in a line and come up for a ministry moment. Don't you dare admit what you really need or what you really want. You stand here, and if anyone asks, you say no. Because the devil loves for you and I to live. The devil wants us to live in denial. I want to help you today. The devil wants you to live in denial. And in the meantime, Sisera is going to come in. We're going to get a rug. We're going to get a rug. And we're going to cover him up. Because if we can just cover everything up, Let's just cover up the hurt. Let's cover up the grief. Let's cover up the anger. Let's pretend it's not even in there. So we cover it up, and then we're going to stand by the tent, and we're going to say, everything's good. High five, five people close to you. Smile big. You just wonder today if there's not people in the room or online that's got some things covered up and the enemy's telling you, stand right there, don't blow your cover, don't say anything, don't raise your hand for prayer, don't let a tear stream down, make sure you just pretend like everything's good. And Sisera creates a comfortability. Many believe, I ask our guide Iran, this question about what I'm sharing. His mom was a historian. They, many people told us he's the best guide in Israel and studied the Bible since, since child, five hours a day. He said he's amazing. Uh, I, we've actually talked. I hope to bring him here someday, which he's agreed to do. I'd like you to meet him and hear, hear from him. He's part of the 1%, not just Jewish, but part of the 1% that believes in Jesus. Awesome, awesome man. And I, I was asking Iran about this part because I've read that I've read that JL, that historians believe that JL stood here by the door of the tent hoping that someone else would show up to take care of it. And I asked Iran, I said, you know, is, is that accurate? Is that true? Is that what you would believe? And he, and he said, yes, definitely, that JL, this woman, I'm not minimalizing a woman or a, a mother or a wife. I'm just telling you that they would believe that JL was here thinking on the inside, 900 chariots, you know, strike fear, powerful man, that JL is thinking, you've got 900 chariots, I've got a tent peg, like I'm just gonna stand here and wait for someone else to show up. But something changed. I, I don't know what switched, I don't know what sparked, I don't know what started on the inside of JL, but while Sisera is sleeping in her house, something began to initiate on the inside of her that I'm not going to let this stay asleep 
in my house. What is sleeping in your house today? I, I know I can't go to all of your homes and, you know, leave Storyside on 97 today and, and go to your house and go to your house and go to your house and Regina, go to your house. I know I can't go to everyone's house today, but if the Holy Spirit went to your house right now, what has fallen asleep in your house what felt so comfortable? What thought, you know what? She's not going to do anything about this. Stephanie Barr is not going to do anything about this. I can feel so comfortable that I could fall asleep knowing. You're not going to do anything about this. And Cicero will start assuming that you won't take any action. Nobody falls asleep unless they assume you're not going to do anything. But in this moment, JL leaves the position where she was told to stay. You just stay here. Make sure you don't move. You've got to listen to me. And the Bible says that she takes a hammer, this morbid message, this crazy woman. I don't have 900 chariots, Dr. Abel. I've got a hammer and I've got a tent peg. And she starts walking quietly. Come on, crazy women. All the men are like, I'm not even napping on Sunday afternoon. I'm not, I always, I'm not even napping today. What are you doing, Pastor Micah? And JL goes into the tent. And I don't know everything that's in your house that maybe has fallen asleep in your house, but, but if you would, JL goes into the tent and it's like she is saying, you know what? You're not welcome in my house, addictions and habit. You're, you're, you're not welcome. All, all of the fear, all of the stress, all of the addictions, all of the habit, my, my children, some of the things they're watching, some of the things they're viewing, some of the things they're sending, pictures, and, and you know what? It can get out of my house. Some of the history, some of the addictions, some of the habits, it can get out of my house. Pornography can get out of my house. Addictions can get out of my house. Lack of sleep can get out of my house. Stress and anxiety can get out of my house. House. The past can get out of my house. I am all done letting things stay in my tent. And JL begin to hammer and begin to pound and begin to put a tent peg through the temple of JL. 